listener named MP wrote in and said, Brian, I'm heavily focused on writing procedures for my business. What do you suggest I do to make sure the procedures I'm writing will be effective? You'll hear my answer in just a moment. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So listen, writing procedures is not necessarily the most fun project we're ever gonna take on. And the only thing worse for most people than writing procedures is taking the time to write procedures that are not followed or useful or the tool that they were hoping to be. Mostly we don't like writing them that they're not going to be followed. There are very specific elements that a procedure must contain to make it successful and useful and the tool that you want it to be. These elements aren't necessarily hard to remember, and they're not super complex, but for whatever reason, we do tend to want to cut parts of them out Probably because writing procedures is not fun, so we're probably in a rush and we just assume people know a lot of stuff or um, we don't think it's worth the time to write things out and explain it super well. And that creates a situation where the procedures are disregarded partially or even entirely. With most things we talk about in building a business, I would say to focus on progress rather than perfection. It's better to do something only partially correct than to continue to do nothing at all. However, in the case of procedure writing, I'm more of a stickler on quality than quantity. Because if you're going to create a culture or perception that the written procedures are not accurate, they're not up to date, or they're not really designed to be followed to the letter because you wrote them with only partial information or even incorrect information, uh, and then establish that the procedure is only to partially be followed, and yeah, it's it's kind of out of date, and I kind of didn't mean that, but I'll, I'll fix it later. Just Do the best you can, even though there's a written procedure. We're not really going to follow it. You're going to have a lot of work on your hands later to get everyone on board with following your procedures if you kind of start things out where they're written, but they're not really to be followed. So in that sense, I would say, again, this is going to be the exception of most things we talk about. Most things I'm going to say, progress of any kind is better than waiting for perfection because perfection never comes. When it comes to procedures, though, I'm more in the camp of do it right, or don't do it at all. Now, that does not mean it has to be perfect. What it does mean is we have to to include these elements we're going to go over here, and they have to be specific, and they have to be clear. And they they have to cover all the elements that are necessary to make this thing successful. So the first thing to remember with procedures is the whole point of procedures is to be specific. Leaving the reader to make assumptions is absolutely going to lead to failure. Now, the question always comes up, well, how specific should I get? I mean, you know, you can get so specific that it would take, you know, you could write a a 27-page procedure on how to stock a part in a truck or how to, you know, hang keys on a, I mean, you, you could get super, super specific. So when the question comes up, 
How specific you should get? Of course, that depends on more factors we have time to get into in this short podcast. But I would say, keep in mind, one of the most common reasons procedures are not followed is because they're not specific enough. So I'd say lean towards being more specific than you think is necessary. My rule was always to write procedures, assuming the reader would be a young person just coming into the workforce with no industry experience. So if that person who has no real work history, like a kid just graduated from high school or even younger, maybe a 15-year-old kid taking their first job with no industry experience, if they could follow along, that was specific enough. If they couldn't, then it was not specific enough. Again, one of the reasons we get in real trouble with having expectations that are not reasonable is because we assume people know what we're talking about and when in fact they do not. So being specific is the whole point of a procedure. It doesn't do a lot of good to write a procedure that's just kind of ambiguous. So that's the first thing. The next thing is there's six elements that must be included in every procedure. And again, they're pretty simple. These are not extremely complex ideas. They're super easy to remember too. You probably learned these back when you were in second grade, maybe first grade. It's who, what, when, where, why, and how. Every procedure needs to include those six elements. So the first part of a procedure at the very top should explain the what and the why. What is the goal or the objective of this procedure? What are we trying to accomplish? And why does it matter? So at the top, I would literally write a section that says, objective, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Purpose, here's why it matters. You may use different terms other than objective and purpose, that's fine, but you have to declare what this procedure is trying to accomplish and why it matters. So that's the first part of the procedure, the very top. The two most common reasons people, including your employees, do not do what you need them to do is because they don't know what to do they don't know why it matters. So we're going to cover that stuff right out of the gate with the procedure. Next, we're going to get into like the real meat of the procedure. Who, when, sometimes where, and of course, how. So who, we got to say specifically who is responsible for performing this task. Now, we're not going to say somebody's name. Like We're not going to say, well, James does this. We're going to say James's title because someday James may not work there anymore. May James may transfer to a different department or whatever. We're going to say the name of the title of the person, or it could be a group. It could be a department. Like, you know, billing is responsible for this, or dispatch is responsible for this, or, you know, order entry is responsible for that. Whatever, you know, you can say departments, that's fine. But we can't leave the who out. We have to declare who is responsible for this. Again, this is one of the key parts of of procedures is identifying who's supposed to do this thing. So usually it's an individual, but sometimes it could be a department or a team or something like that. The next thing is we must identify a time frame or deadline for this task to be completed. We got to cover the when. Now, it's okay to say things like, before you move on to this step, you must complete this step. Or after blank has been accomplished, then you do this. That's fine. We don't have to be uh, nonsensical. We don't have to be like you know silly with time frames. It, it can make sense. Um, we, for some things, we can say you have to do this by 9 o'clock every morning. Uh, some other things you might say before going home for the day, like, you know, whatever. Uh, those time frames are fine, but we have to have a deadline. We have to have a time frame for when things are going to happen. It could just be sequential, or it could be a specific time of day, or, you know, a part, you know, the last or first or second thing in a routine, whatever it is. 
but we have to include the when. Sometimes, where applicable, uh, many times it's not, but sometimes we have to include where. So for example, if you want your field technician to write up an estimate on the job site before leaving the job site, so they get it done, because we all know if, if we let a field technician wait until the next morning or whatever to write the estimate, sometimes the estimate never gets written. So we want them to do it while they're on the job site. We can say, you must complete the estimate while you're on the job site. So sometimes where is applicable, sometimes it's not. You don't need to tell a person who's working at a desk in the office that they need to do something at their desk in the office. That would make a lot of sense. But sometimes you do want to cover the where. So if the where matters, we have to include it. And then, of course, we get to the real crux of a procedure, which is the how. And this, of course, should be the bulk of the procedure. It's literally step-by-step instructions, again, so a young person without much or any industry knowledge can follow along. It's step-by-step instructions of how to do this task. You might have if-then scenarios for to cover different variables, like if this happens, then you do that. If this happens, then you do this other thing. You might include flow charts. You might include checklists. There's all kinds of things that you might include in a procedure to make sure it's done the, in the manner, the way we want it done. What we can't do is say X person is going to do it at this time frame and then just leave the how up to them. That defeats the point of the whole procedure. The, proce- the point of the procedure is to explain how to do something. So with many things, you know, part of, part of what we need to establish, you know, and again, last week we talked about coaching conversations and kind of, you know, were we on the same page and where we're not, we got to remember, like, if we don't cover the, 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 um, what we're trying to accomplish, like what's the goal, what's the objective, why it matters and how, then the likelihood it's going to be done the way we want it is like almost zero. We just, we make these assumptions that people are going to know to do things the way we want them to. They don't, or they think they have a better way, or they don't understand that something is as important as you do or whatever. And then we're all frustrated. The whole point of the procedure is explain how we're supposed to do things. So that's kind of the the blueprint I use. Uh, we'll, I'll kind of go over it again here in a second. But uh, first, don't forget, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer, like MP did, you can shoot me a message on my Facebook um, business page, Service Industry Success. I think it's just facebook.com slash service industry success. Pretty easy to find. It'll be the notes for the, the, the show today. Um, if you can just, you know, you can click on it there, but if you have questions, shoot me a question. I'd love to answer it. Uh, so remember when it comes to procedures, unlike most things in business, I'm much more in the camp of do it right or don't do it at all. Now, part of that is, um, I spent a couple of years literally doing nothing but writing procedures. And I saw firsthand what happens when we kind of just haphazardly go through things and do it quickly and we're not specific and we leave a lot of things up to, the chance, um, the more we lead to chance, the more goes wrong. That's kind of how it goes. And the point of procedures for me as a business owner is to have the comfort and peace of mind that people know how to do things so I can go do something else. I can work less hours. I can delegate more things to other people because there's an agreed upon method for doing things that we know is likely to produce the positive results that we all want. So if I have that confidence that there's a written procedure for how things are done, delegating oversight of that project or that action or that you know activity or or process or whatever becomes so much easier because there's a a, 
a path. We've explained how to do it. And all we have to do is hold people accountable to it now. Like the hard part's done. So once we have this stuff in place, it's way easier to delegate decision-making, oversight, management responsibility. Like this is one of the keys to getting freedom from your business is having really well-written procedures. So the first thing to remember with procedures is the whole point of procedures is to be specific. Leaving the reader to make assumptions is absolutely going to lead to failure, period. It may not happen right away. It may take two or three years, but things evolve. People change, you know, like the personnel change. Like who does this job today, three years from now, may not be the same person doing the job. And they may not know certain things that the people know know now. Uh, The whole point of procedures is to be specific and talk about things in a way that, that clears up any ambiguity. That's the whole point of it. So... How specific should you get? Again, that you know depends on on you know your idea on what specific is. There are way more factors we have time to get into today, but again, one of the most common reasons procedures are not followed is because they're not specific enough. People just they they're written in a generic general way. So what's the point of reading them if they're just written in a generic way? That doesn't help anybody. So I would say lean towards being more specific than you think is necessary. And my rule was just to write it so that a person just coming into the workforce with no industry experience could follow along, understand, and follow the instructions. That was how I taught people how to write uh, procedures, was using that those criteria. Then there are six elements that must be included in every procedure. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. The first part of the procedure at the top should explain the what and the why. Here's the objective. Uh, the, here's the objective this procedure is written to achieve, and here's why it matters. Next, we get into the meat of the procedure, the who, the when, sometimes where, and the how. Who, we got to say specifically who is responsible for this. If we, if we have somebody who's responsible for doing it and somebody else who's responsible for checking it, we have to declare that. If we have a double-check process and there's two people involved, we have to declare who both those people are. When, we have to identify the time frame or deadline for this task to be done. Uh, it's okay to say things like before moving on to blank, you do this, or after blank has been completed, you do that. That's, those things are fine. Of course, for some things you can declare, they got to be done every day by 9 a.m. or before you go home for the day or whatever. But we got to have a time frame. People have to know a deadline. One way to look at this thing is, is procedures, you've either done them completely or you haven't. And one of the things you need to need to, to know if you've done it completely is like, when did you have to do this by? So this, the whole, again, the whole point is to get rid of any ambiguity. You, there's no room for discussion. You either did this thing or you did not, period. Sometimes where is applicable. Again, my example is if you have a field technician, you want to write up an estimate on the job site, so they do it and they do it in a timely manner. You could just say, you know, this needs to be done on the job site. There's other instances where you may that may have that. Not every procedure will have a where. Many do. And then, of course, the step-by-step, the how, the if-then scenarios, the checklist, the flow charts, like whatever else you need. Step-by-step instructions, again, so a young person without much industry knowledge could follow along and follow the step-by-step instructions. That's the Again, that's kind of the, the point of this thing is to, is to have written down um, methods that we've all agreed upon, like here's how we're going to do it to get the results we want. So that's it for this week. Don't forget to go to sisthebook.com to get your copy of Service Industry Success today. Uh, Also, if you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover, you can shoot me a message on my Facebook uh, business page, Service Industry Success. Don't forget to share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please take two minutes and just give a a quick rating review. 
Um, that really helps us out a lot. I sure do appreciate that. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>